When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of the show. It is episode 292, and I'm joined once again by Kyle Klingman from Cedar Falls, Iowa. And Kyle, you were at uh, a, tri- a trifecta of wrestling events this weekend, maybe? I was. Folkstyle Nationals, High School Recruiting Showcase, and then they added on Bill Farrell, which was supposed to be in New York. They put it to Cedar Falls, Iowa. So I had three tournaments in one location, so I hit the jackpot. Awesome. Anything stand out uh, to you? any of those tournaments yeah yeah people would come up to me and say you are so lucky to work with mark bader and it's interesting that he won't let you wear a neck gaiter but he can wear sunglasses sometimes i said i know i deal with it all the time so that was one interesting tidbit so i would that more along the lines of the wrestling matches and- oh the wrestling uh yeah i thought the anthony ashnall match with tyler Berger was fantastic six to six he talked about the influence of James Green and Jordan Burroughs on him. Chance Marsteller talking about uh, two years of sobriety in his interview. He really opened up about it. That stood out. So those are a couple things. Uh, the, the women's field wasn't as, uh, as deep. There weren't as many matches there. Kind of disappointed we didn't have a, a larger women's field. But I think across the board it was uh, down as far as participation. But some good wrestling nonetheless. Yeah, freestyle season's here. I'm excited about that. Bill Farrell just finished U.S. Open. World Team Trials, Last Chance, Final X, everything uh, on the horizon. So, But I want to bring on today's guest. He's the head coach at Northwestern. It's Matt Storniolo. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing well, Bader. How are you? Man, I, I, any better, I'd be you. Um, hey, but congrats. Congrats on uh, you know, a strong finish, right? Sixth place as a team at the NCAA championship. He brought home a national champion. Um, what'd you guys finish at Big Tens? I don't know. Was it even we top finished, six? We, we finished fifth. Yeah. Um, we should have been fourth. We had a team should point have. taken away. Or, but yeah, fifth. Was it a headgear? Was it a yelling? Was it a uh, little <laughs> extracurricular conversation with an official? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, going into the NCAAs, did sixth place seem did what one? Did you guys have like a goal? Was to get a trophy to get top ten to do X? Yeah, yeah, tr- trophy, right? And that that was that was the goal, and that's a message that we had been pounding into our team since they came on campus uh, end of the summer, early fall. Was this is this is a team with potential to bring home some hardware, um, and just kept pounding that message in all season. I think once we got we got into a good rhythm towards the end of January. Um, had a little bit of a COVID bug coming back from Christmas, uh, missing a couple of guys for a few matches coming back starting the Big Ten season. And then we we hit our stride. End of January, started firing on all cylinders. Didn't lose any duels the second half of the season. Once we got to the end of January, we went on a 5-0 run. Um, had good momentum going into the Big Ten tournament. And then, yeah, came away with fifth place. Um, wrestled well enough to, to take fourth and messaged the team – on the bus 
coming home was like, Hey, you just did something special. That's awesome. You know, celebrate it right now, but tomorrow turn the page and it's all, all eyes, all focus on NCAs and kind of went through, uh, how, how, uh, comparative big 10 finishes are to NCAA finishes. Um, as an assistant coach here, we had, I had two seasons where we finished ninth at the big 10 tournament, ninth at the NCAA tournament. And so I took them through that and said, listen, like we scoreboard said fifth place, you guys wrestled to fourth place at this event. Like we can be a top four tournament team. It, it happens. And, uh, and we almost, almost did it. We were right there. Yeah. And you've had, you know, you've had some success over the past few years. You haven't quite had the trophy, but you're not, not all that far off. So it seems like you're having success and you're wrestling well at the end of the year. Are you doing, you know, give away what you're doing, but are you doing the same kind of things to peak or periodization? Are you doing the same similar things with training and physical and mental side of things as yeah, you close, you know, close pretty, pretty similar. Some, some things they work, we keep the same. There were a couple of adjustments that I made this season. Um, training calendar looked a little bit different, but it was also a different year. Um, the summer calendar last year was kind of nuts for, for freestyle with everything getting canceled with COVID having Olympics worlds. Like it just, it was like the summer that just wrestling kept happening. Right. Yeah. It was going all the way through September. So we had a good core group of guys that were still training for events and they needed training partners. So a lot of the guys stuck around all summer and trained throughout um, with that being the case, probably dialed it back a little bit more in, in certain times this year than, than other years, just to make sure that we didn't have a bunch of burnout beat up guys come second half of the season. I feel like at the trend I hear more was like pulling it back, taking your take, like, it's almost like wrestling was working too hard. And like most teams in general, like it, it's okay. You're probably, you can take a few days off. You're not going to fall out of shape. You train like freaking right. animals. And do you feel like that's a trend you're seeing happen a little bit more? I think coaches are getting a little bit smarter. Yeah. You know, it used to be like harder, harder, harder. Right. And yeah. I think now um, might be smarter, not just harder. Have, did you, you, I mean, have you noticed yourself doing that or was that, was that uh, with other coaches you've coached with over the years? Uh, have I noticed myself doing it? I think I've always had a pretty good sense of like, you know, pulling it back. Um, mm -hmm. Jack Spades, Oklahoma, he, he got us ready for March. Um, yeah. We were a team that we turned it on the end of the year um, every year. And so he was pretty big on that end of the year taper. Now a little bit different of a situation with how the freestyle circuit was this, this past summer. So kind of have to take what you learned and apply to different situations. But I think I've always, um, always been conscious of, of that, but probably had to be a little bit more so given guys training calendar this, this past summer. Sure. Um, we'll talk about Ryan Deacon, right? He, he, it seems like finally got it done. I only say that because he's yeah. seemingly been capable or right there since, right. since he got on the scene, right? He's been like, you know, just hasn't quite done it. How'd you feel coming yep. into this tournament for him with him? Oh man, I was a ball of nerves <laughs> for him. Um, and uh, I, I think I probably needed Ryan to win that NCAA title for him, but more than he needed it for him. Um, he's just such a 
special human that win an NCAA title, not win an NCAA title. He set himself up so well, and he's such a well-rounded individual, and he realizes that there's more to him than just wrestling. So I, I think he would have been okay. Um, I think it, I, I might have been worse off than, <laughs> than he was. But yeah, I don't think there's anybody that deserved to win an NCAA title more than than Ryan Deacon. Um, just with potential, work ethic, attitude, karma. I mean, the kid, he deserved it. Sure. I don't know. I, I'm not right on the map, but once you guys got to get in the back and have a conversation or embrace or whatever, what do you remember? What what was said? Anything you care to share? Um, I, he was it just elevated mood, right? Yeah. And a lot of it wasn't even like specific things. I can I just remember the there's like a picture of Ryan sitting in the locker room. He's eating something and he's just got this little grin on his face. You could see what it what it meant to him. You you could see it as the clock was ticking down, right? He's on top, 15 seconds left, and he's up by what seven points or whatever. So like the match is over at that point. And it was a special moment watching him get to actually soak it in, right? It's not like a one point match where you're trying to keep the guy off your legs for the last 20 seconds. Like he got to close it out on top, soak it in, and couldn't be happier for him. Sure. You, you just described kind of what, what the things are like from his perspective. Talk about yours, whether it's this, or I know you've coached Surst this and you've, you've coached other final, finalists. Like, what's it like being on that stage on Saturday night? It, and is it wrestler to wrestler, or are you going to be a ball of nerves kind of like that uh, regardless? Uh, yeah, I think you're going to be nervous no matter who it is in the national finals. Like, no matter how big of a favorite you have, anything can happen in the national finals right we've seen it so many times um so yeah it's national finals can do weird things to people some guys wrestle out of out of their skin some guys fall up a little bit um so you don't really know what you're going to get now ryan's wrestled in some big time events before and he's been on the big stage but he hasn't been on that stage um and he he did he did great i, I think the match was set up or the way it went with Monday getting the first takedown, that was a recipe for potential disaster, right? Ryan gives up early takedown. Biggest fear there is like he starts to over-wrestle, tries to score points too fast because he's down and gets a little anxious, and he stayed cool as a cucumber, just kept chipping away, and you knew eventually he was going to get his takedown. Um, worked out that he got his takedown, picked up some back points along with it, but uh, – Man, that was a tangent. But yes, nervous for all of them. Um, I think uh, pretty nice that I get my first national champ as a head coach with with it being Ryan Deacon, who came in with that first recruiting class. Yeah, um, and he's I, I I would assume I guess I won't assume. What are his plans for this for this spring in freestyle? If you know. Yep, uh, not going to wrestle at the Open because he's qualified for the trials. Um, so I think he's going to. He's training right now. He's getting back in the training uh, swing and seeing with the trials. Um, you going to have any other Wildcats either at the Open or wrestling in, in any age group freestyle? Yeah, yeah, we'll have a decent little cohort out there. Uh, Yaya Thomas, Lucas Davison going to the Open. Um, maybe one or two other guys. A couple of guys are a little beat up from NCA, so seeing where they – where they fall here in the next week or two health wise, if they're going to jump into the senior level circuit. And then we've got, uh, got three younger guys that'll be going in the 20 and unders, a couple of red shirts there with, uh, 
Evan Bates, Aiden Vandenbush, and Joel Vandeveer. So I think a couple of those guys are going to make some noise. All right. And I guess, I guess this would probably be more world team trials talk with 70 kilos, right? Ryan's, Ryan's yep. weight class, 70 is like off the charts. Nobody's uh, sitting out. Nobody's qualified for final X. So you're going to have Deacon, James Green, Pantelio, Zane Rutherford, Jordan, Jordan Oliver. There's five hammers. Um, yep. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody else I'm, I, I, I'm leaving off. But uh, thoughts on, on 70 kilos and, and where Ryan falls in there? You got to feel good about it. Uh, you look back to the trials in September of this past year, and Ryan, all those guys were there, right? Yeah. All those guys were in the bracket. Ryan put together a, a great run up to the finals and, and really wrestled wrestled really well in those final matches, just didn't close them out. He had both those matches won against James Green. So, you know, one or two adjustments there in short time, and he's your 2021 world team member so you got to feel good about his chances going into it this year 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 older year experience uh year more experience under the belt and then now getting that ncaa monkey off his back that's going to do nothing but add confidence to him put another feather in his cap so gotta gotta feel good about ryan deacon sure compared for for you as a coach right compared the collegiate ncaa season versus the freestyle season um and Probably a little bit more lax, I would think, and just in general. But I don't know. Uh, uh, that's why I asked. Yeah, no, I think it's it's a mindset shift, right? Mm -hmm. you, you go from high stress, making weight every week, multiple times a week, to a little bit more relaxed. I think guys have a little bit more fun with it. Um, don't carry that same pressure with them, and feel like they can go out there and just let it let it loose, let it fly. So uh, definitely feel different vibe coming from the guys as you get into freestyle season, as opposed to the, to the folk style season. Sure. And I want to kind of look ahead even further to the, towards the end of the year and maybe look back to the last two years. Midlands, the Midlands championship got canceled. Um, yep. But it is coming back, right? It is coming back. Yep. And I guess just, just kind of tell me what, what's happened the last couple of years and, and what the plans are for this year. Yeah. So a couple of things, one, like, so two years ago, Midlands got canceled, but every single open tournament, there were no tournaments two years ago. Everything got canceled except for conference, interconference schedules. Yeah. So two years ago, non-factor. This past year, okay, yeah, Midlands got canceled and it sucked, right? But it didn't suck any worse for anyone else other than Northwestern wrestling. Um, and that's for a lot of different reasons. One, that is our biggest fundraiser of the year that is instrumental to our success we need that money um talked at ncas about us being on a on a shoestring budget and so any dollar amount is important to us when it's coming especially one that's as as high high sticker prices as midlands um two talk about the competitive aspect that we lost that was one of our two main marquee opportunities to to get quality wins climb climb the uh rankings boost your rpi like you see good opponents at the midlands tournament we didn't get to do that um and so we pivoted right we hosted a tri meet at northwestern um which we caught some slack for but like my job as a coach is to make the best i can of a situation for my team 
and we wanted to compete at Midlands. That, that wasn't a Northwestern wrestling decision that we couldn't have the event. That was an administrative decision. And I understand why they felt like they had to make that call. Doesn't make it any less detrimental to, to us, but it happens. So now, you know, what, do you, what can you do? All right, school didn't feel comfortable having 30 some teams with 400 some competitors and another couple hundred coaches coming from all different areas of the country right after going home for the holidays as Omicron is breaking out and spiking. So it was about salvaging something for the team. And the administration was comfortable with us having two teams come in where it's a little bit more controlled of an environment. Everybody's testing before they come in. Like, okay. So so that's what we did. But um, some people smelt blood in the water, I guess. And so uh, you know, Iowa Sports Commission is essentially trying to poach our tournament poach our dates um there's an email that got sent out to i don't know if it was just coaches that come to midlands or if it's all the coaches in division one but expressing their opinion that yeah midlands has canceled its event the last two years again you know, really it's one year um that they don't think we have a desire to run the tournament anymore which isn't true. Like we have a desire, we have a, we have a need, we have a need to run that tournament. Um, and I just, I don't know, I think it's kind of classless for somebody to come in and try to poach our event like that. When Midlands has been good to the sport of wrestling, there are a lot of historical moments that have happened at the Midlands tournament. Um, and so we're hoping that everybody realizes that it's been a great event. We've been good to the sport of wrestling. Hopefully the sport of wrestling is, is good to Midlands and, Everybody that participated in the past is coming back. I know that Timmy Midlands, Tim Szeski has been on the phone with everybody. Um, he's been getting really positive uh, feedback from the programs that we've reached out to about coming back to Midlands for this next year. But we're a go. We are hosting the tournament. And, uh, you know, another thing I think is important that people don't realize about this past year was, like, we, we our name wasn't on the Matt Men Open, but that was our tournament right? Like all those teams that came and competed there, they were coming to the Midlands and the Midlands gets canceled and they're in a tough spot, right? They still have flights booked. They're losing a day to competition. And then you had some people come in from the outside and expressed interest in taking over the event, trying to run Midlands. Um, now there are a couple of things that go into that one. We owned the dates at the Sears Center, right? We have a $60,000 deposit that we have in on the event, reserves those dates like that's, we own the dates. So Illinois Mattman, Rockfin come in, they want to host the event, but they're told like, well, Northwestern owns the dates. So now it, it fell onto us. And it's like, okay, what does Northwestern wrestling want to do? We could say, sorry, guys, can't have a tournament. We could say, all right, guys, you could buy the dates from us they cost us sixty thousand dollars we're going to lose that money if you want to host the event give us sixty thousand dollars or we could just get out of the way and take the hit and we made the decision that we were going to get out of the way and take the hit um we wanted to do what was best for college wrestling and do right by the teams that were still wanting to come and compete um you know teams like upenn or army like it's not their fault that the event got canceled they want to wrestle just because we can't wrestle at it doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to go to an event. So yeah, we turn the event over free of cost 
We took a $60,000 hit. Um, we even had our mats in the arena. We let everybody use our mats. Like, and people were still mad at Northwestern. I'm like, how can you be mad at North? This sucks for us. Like we're sitting here watching our tournament happen without getting to participate in it, without getting any of the money and just essentially footing the bill for somebody else to host the, host the event. So you, so everything, the tournament was in the same place you guys had. It was on the mats that you guys set up and you paid yeah, they, for they had it. To bring in one, they did have to bring in one mat because we had to get our dual meet mat back and bring it so that we could <laughs> wrestle yeah, at home in the tri -meet. But you And you paid for it all. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, the well, wrestling community, they, again, like those teams. Fan, like, I don't think they people didn't realize anything. that. I didn't realize that. I didn't no, know. No, I, well, I mean, because how, like, what, what was I going to do? Like, get on Twitter and be like, by the way, everybody. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 Everybody's killing us. They're bashing us. I was hiding in a hole. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like people, I feel like, do you, do you ever feel like you guys are unappreciated? I feel like you feel like that. Uh, yeah. I gave a whole interview with you about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, so what are the dates for Midlands? 29th and 30th, same as every year. It is same as every year. Same place. Same uh, place, same Hoffman time. Estates. Yep. Okay. Now, now Arena, formerly the Sears Center. What's it called now? Now Arena. Now? N-O-W. Now. N-O-W. Is that a company? It's just Aurora. Like... Uh, don't, don't ask me questions, baby. <laughs> right, wrestling. We'd stick to wrestling. Okay, show me a duck under. Nice. Penguin, what are you thinking? You're sitting over there all quiet. He's taking all this in. I love the Midlands, man. It, there is a there's a magic to the tournament. Tons of history. You could go down the line. They uh, they toyed with rules at times. I know they did one where I think they said the first wrestler to a certain score would win the match. They uh, they tried to go without writing time with matches. I mean, they were they were innovative, creative, and it's a uh, it's one of the tournaments that has actually been part of the the wrestling narrative and pushed the wrestling narrative. So glad to hear that it's back on. Yeah, it's back on. We're going to hopefully, well, not hopefully, because like it's not getting canceled this year, right? Like nobody's wearing masks anymore. We're, we're past this, knock on wood. But <sighs> going to have the women's division next year, like we were planning on having this year, looking forward to giving them a, a a major platform to compete on alongside division one wrestling men's wrestling they've never had that opportunity before so a lot of exciting things in the works it's going to be a great event we're going to do things that we've never done before with it and yeah everybody come back uh, not that there's many anything in specific but would you be open to the idea of tinkering around with some of these potential rule changes and, and, and such? You, you can't anymore because uh, they won't count towards NCAA match. win counts, right? So the days of kind of having some fun stuff like that, you can't really do it anymore because if you don't have riding time, if you don't have the same rule set, those matches don't count towards seating criteria, RPI, all that fun stuff. Yeah. What about getting uh, post-collegiate wrestlers like they used to have? Yeah, um, it, it's just a little bit tougher now than it than it has been in the past. We had a couple of guys that were signed up for this mm -hmm. year. Um, guys just focus a little bit more on on freestyle now. Um, but every once in a while, you get those guys that come out. We did have a couple of uh, post grads that were were signing up. 
Yeah, if like if Kyle Klingman, you, you, you want Invader? I mean, I was gonna player. offer up Kyle, but yeah, I'll I'm, I'll, I'll dust oh, off the okay. shoes. Yeah, let's go. There are years. There are years that uh, Midlands was tougher than the NCAA championships. There, Kyle, there were you, times it was. Give me some of the biggest memories. Have you? I'm sure you've been to Midlands. If not, I know you know probably every result that ever happened. What are some of the some intriguing ones that stand out in your uh, memory? The first, when you say that, the first one that comes to mind for me was when Kale Sanderson won his fourth and final Midlands with a five three win over Lee Fullhart. I just remember that it was such a a good moment because Lee Fullhart was post collegiate and coming back. Uh, I think about Lenny Zaleski beating Leroy Smith when Leroy Smith was a post graduate. Uh, Barry Davis never won Midlands when he was in college. So it was like his Achilles heel. He just couldn't get it until he graduated. So it's uh, there, there's tons of stuff that uh, that happens there that uh, that live on and really have changed the course of, of wrestling history. Um, it was Dan Gable's favorite tournament. He won six of them. So the the list goes on and on with that tournament. You know, I, I went to two or two or three, maybe two or three, maybe four. Um... But I, and Matt, you were involved in this. One of, the, one of the biggest memories for me was Sebastian Rivera, his like breakout match yep. against against Spencer Lee. And you even said to me before the finals, "You're like, dude, I think we can beat this guy." I'm like, every coach says like has this confidence in their kid, but I'm like, Matt, you're in, like, okay, I think maybe he can. And sure enough, he freaking did it. That's pretty he did impressive. it. He did wrestle yeah. a great match, and then backed it up and beat him again at Big Tens. Yeah, yeah. Um, Awesomeness, awesome stuff, though. Um, yeah. All right, we're kind of Jordan kinda... Burroughs, Andrew Howe. Jordan yep. Burroughs, Andrew yep, that Howe. That was a battle. Name that, that year. One that yeah. comes to my mind. Yeah. 2009. No, no, no. 2008, because it was. I thought it was 2010. 2008, I think. Because I thought it was 10, and then that. and then that spring, Jordan went on that run. Oh, uh, I think you are right. Yeah, I'm just older. I'm older than I'd like to think. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least we're not as old as Clayman. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right. Speaking of Clayman, Matt, we got a little game. Um, we got a little game called Sweat It Out, and uh, Kyle Clayman's going to take over. And uh, okay, all right. You right. He said earlier he doesn't like questions, but we got to grill him. We got five questions, hoping to make you sweat. Are you ready to play? Not really. I didn't know this was a part of it. But let's go. <laughs> well, it is. It is, and it's going to happen whether you like it or not, so just go with it. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Number one, what Northwestern wrestler pinned his way through the NCAA wrestling championships? Pinned his way through? Jeez. Yep. Uh, Jack Riley? Yeah. How'd, you got it. Mm, that's right. Man, look at this guy. Jack Riley, three pins in 1931. All right. Jeez. Number two, what wrestler holds the record for the most Midlands titles? What wrestler? Yeah. Joe Williams? Yep, has 10. Number three, who played the role of Mike Sheets in the film Foxcatcher? Uh, Jake Herbert? Yep. Got it. Number four, what popular mixed martial artist is from Broomfield, Colorado? Oh, what's his name? Uh, man. 
Oh, Actually, not a he. I'll give you that. Who I have is a oh, she, but maybe a there's a he. Oh. No. Maybe there is a he I that know, I don't man. know about. I don't know. Her name is Kat Zingano. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Yeah. And then uh, number five, where did Dan Gable lose his final collegiate wrestling match? Right next door. Welsh Reiner at McGaw Hall, Northwestern University. Yep. That was at Northwestern? Yep. I didn't know that. 1970. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll take four out of five. Yeah, yeah. Four to five is good. Four to five is good. Especially wow. since you're hesitant on the first couple. Try, yeah, you know. Yeah. Got to Got dig deep. That's the Storniolo I know. Yeah, 1931. yeah. 1931. What's that? It's a 1931. I didn't know yeah. we still had stats from 1931. <laughs> Kyle Klingman has stats from. They like written. Did you find that written in the inside of a cave? <laughs> it was awesome. Etched. Awesome. Well, uh, Matt, man, we're kind of running down to the end of the line, but it, it's been like a lot of fun talking with you today, and 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 shooting the breeze. Um, any final word from you before we let you get going? Uh. No, you guys just let me know what weight you guys want to enter for Midlands next year. We'll send you your information and looking forward to uh, seeing what you guys got in the tank. I'll be 133. So, sign me Kyle. up. I better get down to 125 because that's my only <laughs> chance of doing anything. It's six so, months right. Start you know, cutting. I'm, yeah, I got 20 pounds to cut. I have no <laughs> chance anywhere other than that. And even then, I don't have a chance. The first first opponents of scale, yeah, so man. yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you'll get a good draw. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, cool. Matt. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate the time, and uh, it's always good catching up. Awesome, thanks for having me, guys. Yep, you bet, man. Have a great day. Bye. All right, Matt Storniolo, head coach at Northwestern. Good catching up, and um, yeah, and good good to hear about the, the update on the Midlands that it's happening, and pretty cool that they kind of just. Forfeited their deposit and let the let the Matt man have that space for a tournament. Yeah, I certainly didn't know the the future of the Midlands, and I, I think that was a question mark for me and a lot of people on just what that that would look like, especially since the, the sport is changing so fast with tournaments coming and going and adding. And you think of the the Southern Scuffle coming in and kind of challenging it. So I, I'm glad he cleared up a lot there because that was certainly a question mark in my mind if that was going to happen. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Is. Midlands is on, um, but the show is off. That's the end of it. We got Stefan Micic tomorrow, Real Woods on Wednesday. So uh, we'll see you back here same time tomorrow and Wednesday for Kyle Klingman and Matt Stroniel. I'm Mark Bader. Have a good one. We'll see you.